Hello, my friends. Interesting show today. Well, maybe it is every day, but I thought today was a doozy. Before we get to it, I want to invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. It's the video version of this show. We put a lot of effort in the video, and we have a lot of clips today. So let me invite you to get that through what we call Rebel News Plus. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com, click subscribe. It's eight bucks a month. And not only do you get the video version, but you support our program because you know we don't take any money from the government. So eight bucks a month might not seem like a lot to you, but I tell you, it adds up for us. That's how we pay the bills. That's rebelnewsplus.com. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, parents engage in street fights over whether or not the Pride agenda will come into their schools. It's June 7th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious thug. Hey, take a look at this. This is a Catholic school in Newfoundland. Take a look. There's some videos and then some still images. Just look. Do you see how young those kids are? Those are what they call children of tender years. That's not a high school. Those are not much more than toddlers. I went to the school's Twitter account and they've locked it down. I guess they didn't know the reaction or didn't care, at least when they did it, the reaction the public would have. Aren't they proud, though? I mean, it is called pride. Who were the parents that these days are keeping their kids at home? Here's a story from CTV I showed you a few days ago. Quote, Ottawa's public school board reported nine of the schools had absent rates over 40%, with two schools exceeding 60%. So for pride celebrations, pride festivities, half the kids at a bunch of schools aren't going to class. I know a little bit about the demographics of Ottawa. Do you know who that would be? Here's a story from the Globe and Mail about schools in the Toronto area that had a similar keep-your-kids-home This was a few years ago when the new sex ed curriculum was being deployed, the one that talked about the six genders or whatever. That was before there was 53. You can see they don't mention who it was, but a CTV story around the same time they did. Let me quote to you from CTV, who was less reticent seven years ago. At least one of the city's elementary schools had an absentee rate of more than 90%, Bird said. Thorncliffe Park Public School was reporting that 1,220 of its 1,350 students were not in class, he said, adding that about 100 parents had turned up to stage a protest outside the building. Thorncliffe Park, which serves students from grades 1 to 5 in Midtown Toronto, is widely recognized as having a large Muslim population. They're very careful about how they say that. That's not in the headline. It's not in the lead. And they're not even saying it was Muslims. They're just saying people say it's a Muslim school. I bet the 10% of kids who went to class were the white kids. 
I noticed that they don't use the word extremist. Any Christian who doesn't want to bake a cake for a gay wedding is called an extremist and taken to court. Well, they don't dare use the word extremist when it's Muslim parents. Hey, speaking of which, here's a recording from a school in Edmonton. It's a liberal teacher who is mad that Muslim kids aren't really getting into the whole Pride Week. And they should. And it's only fair. Take a listen. Well, I'll tell you, you are out to lunch if you think it's access, uh, acceptable to not show up because you think that there's some pride activities going on at school, right? Oh, that's fine. You know, because I'm going to show my opinion by hanging out at the mall. But meanwhile, all of those kids who are, you know, involved in, say, the Gay Street Alliance or whatever, I don't even know if we have that anymore in our school, they're here when we did Ramadan for Lion Time. And they're showing respect in the class for your religion, right? For your beliefs. It goes two ways. If you want to be respected for who you are, if you don't want to suffer prejudice for your religion, your uh, color of skin, your whatever, then you better give it back to people who are different from you. That's how it works. It's an exchange. And it isn't like that in all countries. As I told you, in Uganda, literally, if you, they think you're gay, they will execute you. If you believe that kind of thing, then you don't belong here. Because that is not what Canada believes. We believe in freedom. We believe that people can marry whomever they want. That is in the law. And if you don't think that should be the law, you can't be Canadian. You don't belong here, and I mean it. I really mean it. And it's not a joke, Manzoor. I said back and forth. You want it, you got to give it. It, I, it just makes me angry. Sorry, I'm a little working. Now, that would be an offensive argument to a true believer in a religion like Islam or Christianity or, I suppose, Orthodox Judaism, but it is the liberal argument, isn't it? I mean, I'm sort of on two minds. That is what that teacher has been told her whole life. It's, uh, I'm for you, you're for me. I will support Islam, but you will support pride. Even if the two things aren't uh, really reconcilable, the teacher genuinely was surprised. The school threw her under the bus, so to speak, and said she did not speak for them. But I think the teacher's actually probably quite surprised she was disciplined for just say, saying what the woke critical theory ideology is. Uh, things got beyond just a war of words. Uh, take a look at these battles happening yesterday. One of them in the streets of greater LA, Glendale, California, where Armenian Americans who were Christian literally battled on the streets with LA's Antifa thugs who came out in favor of trans teaching. It's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> 
So that was out west, but in Montgomery, Maryland, um, there was some pushing and stubbing too. There was a very interesting showdown in, in a variety of locations. Here's Astra Nomani, who is a progressive Muslim woman and real parents' rights activist. And take a look at some of her tweets and take a look at this video by Astra. Uh, it's quite something. On her side were Christians and Muslims, and I presume others of different backgrounds, but visually, visibly, multiracial, multicultural, some Muslim women wearing hijabs. That was the parents' rights side, and they were up against woke uh, activists who used to claim diversity, but uh, the diversity was on Astra's side. Take a look. All this is in celebration of Pride Week or Pride Month, or as Justin Trudeau now calls it, Pride Season. I guess there's four seasons a year, and so we are in the Pride Season. I, I frankly don't know if Pride uh, ever stops being in season. Um, they used to say that Pride was one of the seven cardinal sins. In fact, they say it was the worst of all sins that led to the others. But Pride in what? I, I think we ought to be proud of who we are. And if we're not proud of it, we should adjust ourselves and remedy ourselves. But the message of Pride is Pride in one's sexuality, of course. But I would put it to you, and I think it's at least used to be a universal view, that sexuality is inherently a grown-up matter. And in fact, you know, the age of innocence of children is before they become sexual beings. Um, I think that that age is over now, and that's the problem. Take a look at this guy. He's a ball player here in Toronto for the uh, Blue Jays, Anthony Bass. Uh, take a look at his apology he was frog-marched out to say. I'll make this quick. Um, I recognized yesterday uh, I made a post that was hurtful to the Pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine, and I am truly sorry for that. Um, I just spoke with my teammates and shared with them my actions yesterday. I apologize with them. And as of right now, I'm using the Blue Jays' resources to better educate myself, to make better decisions moving forward. Uh, the ballpark is for everybody. Uh, we include all fans at the ballpark, and we, and we want to welcome everybody. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Bass found himself in hot water Monday after he shared a video on Instagram that contained anti-LGBTQ rhetoric. By making the post, he backed a boycott of Bud Light and Target for endorsing a lifestyle that supposedly goes against his religious beliefs. Supposedly, I love that part. Again, you'll notice the difference between how a, a Christian uh, is treated versus how all the Muslim protesters are very carefully tweeted. Now, I don't know anything about baseball, of course. I had to search at least five news sites, though, to find out what this ball player had even said. Now, either that meant it was so horrible that the media who will show you anything, any obscenity, oh, this was too much for them. Or maybe, maybe it was the exact opposite. What he said was so mild that um, they didn't want to show it to you because then you would think he was unfairly treated. Here, take a look at uh, what he retweeted or shared on Instagram. It was just a call for, for boycotting um, Target and Bud Light. And I, and I guess... 
you're not allowed to have that political view. Even just having that political view is considered hateful. Here's the reason biblically why I believe Christians ought to be boycotting Target and Bud Light and any other corporation that's pushing the things they're pushing. I think a lot of people make this into a political issue or they say, oh, what's the big deal if, you know, is it really going to make that big of a difference if I'm shopping there or not shopping there? Here's what the Bible says. It tells us what to do as Christians in Ephesians chapter five. It says this, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them for it is shameful to even talk of the things that they do in secret. So what does that mean to take no part? Well, what's Target do? It's a business. They, they make money. They sell things. And to take part in that is to take part in that God of mammon that they're serving and to take part in the darkness that they're purveying and getting out to the world and, and, and shoving into children's faces. And to take part in that is to give them your money. And I believe the Bible gives us radical precedent to say no. We are running from that and to instead, instead expose those things, to, to, to shout it to all the people that have ears to hear that this is evil, this is demonic, we won't stand for it, we're not going to go to the stores anymore, and we're not going to give them our money. We're going to let our voice be heard so that people can see the light and so that people can be pulled out of the darkness. Now, there's no apology from Major League Ball for hating Christians. In fact, it's... Uh... It's an official part of baseball now. Uh, I, I saw this uh, post from the LA, uh, LA Dodgers, I think it is. Um, and I mentioned this to you before. They talk about their friendship and partnership with Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. When I first read that, it sounds like what you would call a Catholic order, Sisters of this, you know, the nunnery of that. I thought for a second it was actually a Catholic group. It's not. It's an anti-Catholic group. They hate Catholics with a burning, crazy passion. They mock Catholicism. They're dressing up in drag, sure, but not just in drag men pretending to be women. They're pretending to be the most odious women in the world, nuns. Look at this crazy time video by a California state legislator. I swear five years ago this would be a Saturday Night Live sketch. Take a look. So proud of uh, Sister Roma and her work uh, in the community, and I'm proud of California for standing strong uh, in, uh, to support uh, LGBTQ people as our community is under assault uh, in the rest of the country. Sister Roma went on to say it's an incredible honor to have been nominated. She says being recognized not only means a lot to her, but the LGBTQ community at large. I mean, it's just too crazy to look at. But what was said was equally crazy. Is the community under assault? Is that really what's happening? Or is the community being used as a battering ram against people who really just want to be left alone or more to the point want their kids left alone? I think that's gaslighting to say that the community is under assault. I think gay pride has never been more ubiquitous. You can't go anywhere and not see it. Saying that uh, transgenderism is under attack is what they call DARVO, deny, attack, reverse the victim and offender. It's a form of flipping things around. It's a form of projection. I was thinking about all this because I, it's not the sexuality, I think, that has triggered the violence on the streets of Glendale. I don't think it's the sexuality that triggered the mass abstentions from school. It's the sexuality aimed at 
children. Did you see how young those kids were in that first video from Newfoundland? Let me ask you, let me switch gears for a little bit. Why is there a near universal revulsion for Jeffrey Epstein as opposed to say, I don't know, here's a maybe an outdated example, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the great basketball player from a generation ago who claims to have slept with 9,000 women. I mean, a lot of people found that distasteful, but there wasn't a deep loathing, fear, and hatred for him because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was extremely promiscuous and clearly wasn't treating women with respect, but they were adult women. They were not children. That's obviously the difference. That's the gross thing about Epstein and about Bill Gates and all of those who hung out with them. They weren't just after sex. They were after sex with children. If you think I'm kidding, here's Bill Gates in the New York Times, his relationship with Jeff Jeffrey Epstein. The New York Times says, emailing colleagues the next day, Bill Gates said, a very attractive Swedish woman and her daughter dropped by and I ended up staying there quite late. Now, I want to tell you, Bill Gates has had many sexual affairs in his life. He even has a kind of open marriage arrangement with his, I guess, now ex-wife, Melinda. Uh, I did a show on this once. This is not controversial. It's well-documented. Bill Gates had this strange arrangement with his wife that once a year he could go on a romantic weekend vacation with his ex. Melinda would accept Bill Gates going on a date with Bill Gates' ex. They would go on a romantic weekend once a year. They're crazy that way. I mean, Warren Buffett has two wives. I know that sounds like madness, but it wasn't the cheating and the bigamy and the promiscuity and the infidelity that caused the divorce in Bill Gates' home, obviously. It was his relationship with a child trafficker. Melinda Gates could stomach Bill Gates' promiscuity and infidelity. Oh, he's just a guy because he was worth $100 billion. But some things even she could not stand. Listen to how she describes not sex, but sex with children as being what broke the back of their marriage. Take a listen. You know, it was also widely reported that Bill had a, a friendship or business or some kind of contact with Jeffrey Epstein and that you were not, uh, that that was very upsetting to you. Did that play a role in the, in the divorce at all in this process? Yeah, as I said, it's not one thing. It was many things. But I did not like uh, that he'd had meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you made that clear to him? I made that clear to him. I also met Jeffrey Epstein exactly one time. Did you? Yes, because I wanted to see who this man was. And um, I regretted it from the second I stepped in the door. He was abhorrent. He was evil personified. I had nightmares about it afterwards. So, you know, my heart breaks for these young women because that's how I felt. And here I'm an older woman. My God, I feel terrible for those young women. It's awful. You felt that the moment you walked in. I didn't he realize was awful. that. Yeah. And you shared that with Bill and he still continued to spend time with him? Any of the questions remaining about what Bill's relationship there was, those are for Bill to answer. Okay. But I made it very clear how I felt about him. Mm -hmm. I think people in North America and the West in general are tolerant of gay people, and I think that's right. But instead of taking a victory lap for gay rights, there really is no limit anymore. I mean, 
gay marriage, gay adoption, the entire culture is conquered. Corporations fly the flag parade, the, 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 the pride flag. But instead of taking the victory, they're moving on to a new and troubling frontier. Children, that's not the deal. That's not about straight or gay. It's about leaving children alone, whether you're straight or gay. Don't talk to kids about sex. Don't sexualize them. There's something ancient here. There's some tacit knowledge. There's some instinct, something that goes back a thousand generations, before written history even. You can, you can even see it in, in nature, in the animal kingdom. It's so instinctive, protecting children like a mama bear does. You know, the other side knows it's nuts. They know that what they're doing is not normal, not accepted. That's why they don't show you what Anthony Bass actually said. They just tell you it was something awful. That's why they keep having policies in elementary schools that their sexuality clubs are a secret from parents. Parents don't have the right to know. That's why they don't do reporting about things. They do anti-reporting. I mean, here's an example. Le Droit, which is a French newspaper in Quebec, they had a story about our reporter, Alexa Lavoie, who went to a museum of civilization, it's called. Let me read the translated, this is the translated version using Google Translate of Le Droit. So the English is a bit clunky because it's machine translated. Controversy around a performance of the unique exhibition, the Mu Museum of Civilization, is explained. So again, I'm reading the translation. Designed with an approach of openness and benevolence to promote a better understanding of the diversity of genres, the unique exhibition presented at the Museum of Civilization is the subject of controversy, initiated by the Rebel News website, associated with the extreme right at issue. The performance of the theater company Kill Tapur, Kill Your Fear, and the artist Phil Desprez during the opening evening of the exhibition on March 17th. And they go on, I'll just read one more line. The Museum of Civilization points out that Rebel News's video are not representative of the general content of the exhibition, nor of the launch activities, nor of this performance, and that it was presented only once at the inauguration. I just want to show it to you what they're talking about. In this whole article in Le Droit, they don't actually show you the reporting that Alexa Lavoie did. They're doing anti-reporting. They're saying, oh, don't trust the extreme right rebel news. This whole controversy is just rebel news. Rebel we just put a camera on what they were doing, which Le Droit will not do. Here's what Alexa's report showed. Take a look. Now, it's a little bit weird that your tax dollars at the Museum of Civilization go to a guy who wrapped himself in saran wrap and then is cut out uh, freeing his willy. But this is not about adults. You know, that word consenting adults. It makes sense to us. It keeps the eternal taboo about sexualizing children. Consenting adults can agree to a lot of things. But pride is not about the right to adult sexuality anymore. 
Pride has explicitly become a tool of aggressive campaigning to expand outside the private domain. That Museum of Civilization was a family-friendly, all-ages event. These library drag queen shows are deliberately targeting young people, not just in the public square, but into children's places. That elementary school in Newfoundland, that is why Epstein riveted the world. He was proof that there was a powerful cabal of people who were raping children. And of course, the powerful covered it up. Remember this? I've had the story for three years. We would not put it on the air. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. She had pictures. She had, um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. When Pride was about allowing consenting adults to do things in the privacy of their home. It was difficult for consenting adults to do who do heterosexual things in the privacy of their own home to quarrel. But that's not the battle front line anymore, is it? The front line is in the schools, your children's schools. And if you don't think it's happening to your children's schools, well, maybe you're the 10% of families who are still attending while the other kids are kept home. Stay with us for more. Well, we talked about the incredible success. I think it may be the most watched documentary in the history of Twitter. Maybe add in Facebook too for all, uh, uh, you know, for the sheer size of it, I'm talking about Matt Walsh's movie, What is a Woman? And we talked about how they first tried to censor it, but then they overcame that censorship with the help of Elon Musk. And it, in the end, more than 160 million people watched that movie. That's got to be a record. Well, Matt Walsh takes an interesting approach. He's a debater. He's a great debater. Sometimes he raises the energy, even though he's pretty calm. But there's another approach that I admire, too, and it's just as effective in its own way. And, and it's our next guest, who I think takes the energy out of these engagements, because he, he talks to people one-on-one. -on -one. He has conversations in good faith. He tries to find common ground. And I think the, the strength of that is a lot of people who are pro-transgender as a political movement, they have a few talking points that they've heard if they watch the CBC or if they're students and hear their woke professor. But once they say that one-liner, that one message track, they don't have a lot behind it. And so engaging in a conversation, you can probably win hearts and minds one at a time. You just have to have a lot of patience and you have to be prepared for the abuse that comes your way. You may know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about a man nicknamed Billboard Chris, his real name is Chris Elston, he's a Canadian. He's a dad who has been not just going across Canada, but even around the world, having conversations that he starts by wearing a human billboard. Let me show you this exchange that was recently caught on uh, video from Ireland. And I've seen a lot of interesting exchanges with Billboard Chris. This one was riveting to me because... You can see the cop knows that the establishment is against Chris Elston and that they want to stop him in some way, but they don't quite have a legal reason other than they just don't like him. Here, watch this interesting exchange 
in the streets of Dublin. Now, it's first of all, you came here accusing me of being in the Disney store. I wasn't in the Disney store. I'm standing on the busiest public street potentially in Dublin. Yeah, correct. And I'm not doing anything. Okay. I haven't offended anybody. I haven't talked to anybody. I haven't have, approached people. You have, as a result of why we're here. But that's what not I'm saying. That I'm aware of. But I, 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 my main but I'm not concern. moving off this street. Yeah, but, so if but, you want to well, do something no, no, about listen, that, listen, go listen. ahead and do something my about main that. Concern, but I know my rights. I've read the Irish yeah, okay, law. And you keep fine. cutting me off still. And I'm not moving off this street. Why didn't ask so you can do whatever you want to do. I didn't move ask me off the street. I asked you to refrain from the Disney stuff. I didn't go in the So if we go back to the. Listen, that's fine. You keep saying that. But just let's get clear, okay? Well, look at the footage. I will. But let's, let's get this clear, okay? If you approach the Disney store and I come back here, you will this be This has arrested. nothing to do with the Disney store. But it has because that's who called me and that's why I'm here. Well, Chris did a very good job there. It takes some courage to go up against a policeman, especially not in your own country. I mean, you can do this hard enough in your own country, but at least here you know your laws, you know your rights, you have a basic understanding of what police will or won't do. It takes some chutzpah and courage to stand up to foreign police. Chris did it there. But I think what he also got was a premonition of the kind of police enforcement of political ideology that's already starting. Joining us now via Skype from the Gatineau region is Billboard Chris Elston. Chris, great to see you again. I think since you and I spoke about a month ago, you've probably been to 10 countries. It feels that way because every time I open my social media, there you are in London. There you are in Ireland. There you are in America. You are a global force. Yeah, I've been to five countries since then. My trip to the UK, I went to Scotland, Ireland, and England, and it was a great success. It made national news in in England and in Ireland. And just this last week, Senator Sharon Keoghan in Ireland brought up what happened with that police officer because they're trying to pass a new hate speech bill in Ireland right now. This is being pushed by the European Union, where even having material on your device that you've never even shown anybody, police could seize your device, look at your device, and arrest you based on an intent to spread hate. So we have an, an assault on freedom of speech going on in the Western world, and that's part of what I'm doing as well, is to say enough of this, we should be able to talk about anything. Yeah, you're so right. And I have actually read that proposed legislation based on the Twitter exchange you had and some of the commentary. So I learned about this. And by the way, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, ordinary citizens are compelled, if I'm not mistaken, to show uh, the police what's on their devices and social media. Maybe I'm mixing it up with another censorship law. There's so many these days, but it really is illiberal. And I, I don't know, it feels like a kind of, a new kind of blasphemy law. It almost feels like transgenderism is a religious cult and it's enforcing total obedience to it in a way that, you know, even Islam in Arabia or Catholicism in Ireland 200 years ago wasn't as strict. I feel like there's a new uh, kind of heresy if you dare deviate from the political correctness. And you have to know the words of the priesthood. Like it's not LGBT anymore or LGBTQ or LGBT2Q+. It's this 2S LGBTQI+. And like even just saying it is proof that you're in the secret society. Here, watch Trudeau... Uh, stammering his LGBT2. Here's a clip of him not quite having it down pat. I'll never apologize for standing up for an LGDP, LGT, LBT, LGBTQ2 plus uh, kids' rights. And here he is after having practiced in the mirror for an hour, 
Look at how smoothly he says 2SLGBTQ2I+. He's been practicing. Take a look. So let me make this very, very clear. 2SLGBTQI plus rights are human rights. The fact that it is so hard to even say that is a feature, not a bug. Because if you don't say that, you clearly don't care enough. And if you don't practice saying that exact acronym, well, clearly you're a bigot against this letter that's missing or that letter that's missing. But by saying the 2SLGBTQ plus, you're buying into the theory behind it, the critical theory behind it. It really is a religion, Chris. What do you think? Yeah, that's right. This is I, I call this a cult all the time. This has all the hallmarks of a cult. Anyone who leaves it is deemed to be a transphobe, even if they'd already gone through transition themselves. So I think the way the left bought a lot of acceptance for a lot of these crazy things is by combining all these letters together. Because there's LGB, that's sexual attraction. And the rest of this is all just a denial of reality and queer theory being pushed on society. But for a long time, they were able to silence people because if you said anything, you were deemed anti-LGBT. But pretty soon, this whole alphabet, the only people who aren't going to be included in it are going to be white men because they've extended it to cover pretty much everyone and it's lost its power. And finally, people are starting to speak up against this movement to harm children. My message is not one of hate. My message is that children are beautiful just as they are. No drugs or scalpels needed. And somehow the left tries to paint this as being hateful. Yeah, I mean, there are so many people who are L or G or B who are saying, if I was a young person now, they'd be cutting me up because I was a tomboy or because I was an effeminate uh, boy. And instead of just being gay and living my life, they would put me on drugs and cut body parts off. And that's the insanity is the T in many ways is at war with the LG. And in fact, it's many feminists and women's rights advocates and even traditional gay advocates who have been utterly pushed aside by the, and you use the word queer theory, which is just a way of smash everything, challenge everything. It's not even about someone's own sexuality. It's we must revolt against the entire system, the greatest system of all, being our genetics and our biology. It, it truly is a war against everything. It is two plus two is five. You've got to be able to say it. And that's why the title of Matt Walsh's movie, What is a Woman, is so effective because the other side will not answer that because they know the whole point of the cue is, that, is to queer things as a verb is that you can't answer what is a woman in the way a three-year-old might because you must answer it in a radical, critical Marxist way, the answer which, of which is anyone who says they're a woman is a woman. That's exactly right. This postmodern idea that truth is subjective, that we all have our own truth, is part of this. But they want to destroy the nuclear family. They want to rip apart everything that's traditional. They want to to gaslight us into believing that our own instincts are somehow hateful. Well, no, it's not hateful for a young woman to feel fear if she sees a, a creepy man walking into her washroom, okay? We have instincts for a reason. And instinctively, we all know what a man or a woman is. All these people who claim not to are also just lying to themselves. But 
you've made a great point about how this movement, this transgender movement, is harming the gay community. When we look at all the studies that have ever been done into gender dysphoria, this intense loathing of your own biological sex, the most recent study, for example, followed 139 boys and found that 88% of them, when they went through puberty, they just grew out of their gender dysphoria, and 63.6% .6 grew up to be gay. So what this movement, the transgenderism, is really harming are kids who would grow up to be gay and autistic children. More than half of these kids who end up in gender clinics are on the autism spectrum. Hmm. You know, it's, it's heartbreaking, the idea that you would... You know, you can't get a tattoo if you're of tender years. You can't do anything like that. But to cut off body parts, uh, an irrevocable, irreversible, and I, I think in some way it's linked to the MAID, M-A-I-D, Medical Assistance in Dying Movement, that the greatest taboos, you know, do thou shalt not kill, well, the government says you can if you're poor or if you're depressed. And, and I think the instinctive protection of children, you talked about this before, uh, you know, the predation of children, the targeting of children, and as the queering movement moves from university to high school to junior high into elementary schools, into kindergarten schools, it's destroying an even greater taboo, which is leave the children alone. Do not sexualize children and you talked about sort of ancient biology but and or instincts you know even in nature the grizzly bear never get between a mama bear and her cubs that's the worst thing you could ever do is is threaten someone's kids threatens a critter's kids let alone a person and i think that the shocking nature of this is not the gayness of it it's sexualizing children of tender years and that is such an extraordinary taboo, and we're watching it being smashed in real time, Chris. We are, and that's a great analogy about the mama bears, because as a dad, it is my duty to protect my kids beyond anything else in life. But we're not allowed to protect our kids according to nature. If we were, this, none of this would be happening. You know, we have to fight this propaganda war. We have to fight this information battle. We have to be calm. We have to be collected. We have to tell the truth. And one conversation at a time, we need to upend what has been decades in the making, this push of queer theory, this push of gender ideology. These ideas were floating around in academia for a long time. Now they've emerged into the mainstream. And the only way we defeat this is not by violence, not by anger. We have to be smart and we have to tell the truth because when people learn what's happening, they can't believe it. And the more they learn, the crazier it gets. So I've already seen how this ends. I know exactly how this ends. We win completely in a total rout of the people who are trying to harm our kids. The only question is how long it takes us to get there. So that's what I'm trying to speed up. And how much carnage there is along the way. Uh, and that's the thing. Uh, that movie by Matt Walsh, What is a Woman? It really is him engaging in conversations and the shocking part isn't what he says it's what the trans activists say in reply to him that's the entertainment value and and he doesn't trick anyone he's his questions are not trick questions what is a woman is not a trick question in fact it's so plain it i think you have to be a phd to get tripped up by it i i say a three-year-old could answer it but 
you know, and you take, I, I call it a low energy approach. I don't mean that you're not energetic. I mean, you take the temperature down. When you're in a conversation, you're not ratcheting up, you're ratcheting down, down. And, and, and it's effective and you're engaging people one-on-one. -on -one. Now that doesn't mean that you yourself are not the target of violence. I just, I myself have seen you on video being punched, slapped, hit, shoved, probably more than a dozen times. Would you say? Yeah, it's, it's more than 30 for sure. If you include people spitting on me, it's probably more than 40. But, By the way, has anyone ever know, been charged with that? I mean, I saw that cop was really mad that you uh, were walking by the Disney store. Has a cop ever charged anyone for assaulting you? One person got arrested for spitting at me. He missed, but cops saw it. He had to do anger management classes. Uh, Jessica Yemi received a criminal record uh, for threatening to kill me. Of course, you know Jessica Yemi, right. this man who oh, he was convicted uh, of that? women. He was convicted. So this was his third conviction. He was convicted for hitting one of your reporters, but right. he received a conditional discharge because he played the trans card. He was also convicted of possession of two tasers, but again, received a discharge, so no criminal record. But his third conviction, which was the one to do with my case, he finally has a criminal record now. So Americans can thank me because now he can't go there. Isn't that interesting, Chris? I didn't know that. You know, we yeah. we certainly covered the case of Jonathan Yaniv as he was born, and then Jessica Yaniv as he later changed his name to. He keeps changing his name. I think he, he changed it a third or a fourth time. And I think part of it is because he's left such a trail of carnage behind on uh, on the internet. He wants to change his name, so it's harder to search for him. Yes, as you know, we defended the rights of our journalists who were physically attacked by him. Uh, I did not know that he was someone who threatened you, and I did not know you were successful in court. I'm very happy to hear that. He was such a menace. Just to remind our viewers, and, and by the way, um, we did a whole documentary on this guy, Jonathan Yaniv, who was unlucky in love and attention as a man. So he simply declared himself a woman, and he would book appointments to have his parts waxed mm -hmm as if he was a woman, but he would show up at these aesthetic salons and it was almost all of the people he would book with were immigrant women who were working from their own homes. So they, they didn't have security. They didn't have someone who there to, you know, they, they were just expecting some young woman they were going to wax. And this big fat man walks in and says, get to work. And if they didn't, he took them to the human rights commission and he actually was using the machinery of human rights to bully these women and he would threaten anyone it was just shocking and we we i think we did a lot to expose him and he hated us for it I, i'm not surprised he hated you that isn't that shocking i did not know that you uh, got a conviction against him i congratulate you and thank you for that back to you um what's going on this weekend i understand there's there's something happening in ottawa it's a big deal this is going to be the biggest protest against gender ideology in canadian history and the largest amount of counter-protesters ever. I think there are going to be several hundred counter-protesters. I don't know how many I'm, I'm going to have on my side, but it's going to be a lot of people. People are even flying in from around the country. So I was here a year and a half ago, and I went to this one street where there, there are these three schools, two high schools and an elementary school, and I wanted to talk to parents. But I never really got that opportunity because 200 university counter-protesters came and mobbed me and punched me in the head, painted on me, spat on me, destroyed my signs, keyed my car, all this while the police just watched. But I'm coming back to the street along with Josh Alexander, who is this fantastic student activist 
And I'm so excited Josh has finally gotten into this game because we need students speaking up. I know most of these young men, especially the young men, but it's the girls too. But I know these kids don't agree with all of this mm -hmm. because again, instinctually they know it's wrong. And Josh stood up for girls in his high school who didn't like boys coming into their bathrooms. And he insisted that there are two sexes, which there are. And he got kicked out of his Catholic high school yeah, for Catholic it. high school. Incredible. So it's incredible. But he's inspiring a bunch of kids, mm -hmm. students across the country to speak up against this. And this is really what we need. So we're going to plan more of these events across the country. And we're never going to be silent. So there's only one way this ends. They can stop sexualizing and indoctrinating our children to believe that they're born in the wrong body. That's when we're going to stop doing this. But in the meantime, my gosh, we have all the labor unions coming out. We have every leftist organization imaginable coming out to counter protest tomorrow. And I hope they stay peaceful because I know people on my side of things are going to stay as peaceful as possible. Well, listen, if you work for me and you don't, and if we were sending you out there as a journalist, I would be saying, are you going with security? You must go with security. You're going to be hit. You can't rely on the police. The police will turn a blind eye. In fact, I think the police will have instructions to arrest you and Josh Alexander for, quote, causing a disturbance. I think they will arrest you, bundle you off, have you, you know, I mean, I remember this happened to our reporter Avi Yamini once. Um, he was being attacked by Antifa. Rather than defend him, the police put him in the back of a police truck, drove him 30 kilometers away, dumped him on the side of the road, and said, see you later. And by the time Avi could make it back to the event, the, the event was over. So I am worried for your physical safety, and I'm not asking you to give away any security plans because perhaps you want to keep them confidential, but I am genuinely concerned. You, you mentioned you've been hit or spat at 30 or 40 times, and I think Ottawa is a friendly place for Antifa, and we know that the Ottawa cops are extremely political. You don't have to tell me your security plans if they're confidential, but I want to know that you're contemplating this risk and the risk to Joshua Alexander as well. Yeah, no, my plans aren't confidential. I have a lot of people with me. We have some vets who are coming. I haven't hired any private security. I quite, quite frankly can't afford it, but we have a ton of people with me and I know the police are gonna be there. And it's funny you mentioned that they might arrest me and charge me with causing a disturbance. That's already happened to me, too. The Vancouver police did this after I got attacked and hit by Antifa. And I was hit by a union rep, actually, named Robert Ages at the Vancouver Art Gallery back in 2020. They arrested me. They charged me with causing a disturbance. They banned me from walking on all these streets in the center of downtown Vancouver for six months until the Crown Prosecutor threw out the charge. But here's my invitation to the Ottawa police. Please do arrest me. I don't mind. All it's going to do is generate worldwide media. It will make the Ottawa police the embarrassment of the world. It will bring in a lot more support for me, and it will start another million conversations about what's happening to kids. And ultimately, that's all I'm trying to achieve, start conversations. We need to talk about what's happening. We need to get more educated. So if they want to arrest me, that's fine. I know nothing will come of it eventually, but I'm happy to take on the police as well. Yeah, well, I hope they don't arrest you. Um, the things you just said, that they will lose their reputation in the public eye, I think that's already happened. I think they crossed that bridge a long time ago. Uh, in fact, they fired their police chief who was not abusive enough and replaced him with an absolutely atrocious and abusive pig of a man. And I say pig not in the police sense, but he was just a pig-headed, abusive man who they put in charge of that uh, police department during the, the convoy, who made baseless threats and who acted like a thug literally a thug 
So I, I hear what you're saying, but the Ottawa police is so rotten to the core and they showed their true colors that I hope they do not arrest you because it wouldn't surprise, I mean, they have a reputation for violence. And I remind you that our reporter, Alexa Lavoie, who was peacefully reporting, was shot. Now, in that case, it was by an RCMP officer, but was shot in Ottawa. So I hear what you're saying. I understand. You're saying, yes, if I were to be arrested, that would only bring more attention to it. And I think you're right. But I think things are so bad, Chris, you do not want to tempt fate. Because if putting your hands in the police, the Ottawa police or the RCMP, is not as safe as it once was. Um, there is a quiet resistance. You're a brave resistor. You're willing to be assaulted. You're willing, as you just said, to face arrest. Josh Alexander is even more unique. Imagine doing that when you're just a teenager. Incredible. But there are a lot of people who are busy, full-time jobs, can't have a public profile, um, would be canceled, or don't know how to operate within our political and media system. A lot of them, by the way, are newcomers, new immigrants to Canada who are not as cavalier about their belief systems. And I notice recently that a lot of Muslim Canadians and Americans and Christian, like deeply believing Christians, are protesting in their own way, including recently in Ottawa, a number of schools, 40, 50, even 60 percent of students were kept home. And some of them, the news articles say they're Muslim schools and others, you have to sort of figure that out for yourself. But it's going to be very interesting because Islam and the threat of Islamophobia and LGBTQSL plus and the threat of homophobia and transphobia this is like a immovable force and an irresist ir irresistible force and an immovable object. Like when you have Islam and trans rights colliding, which is going to win? Now we saw that six Islam, Islam is going to win. Which one? <laughs> Islam is going to win. And I'm really excited about what's going on actually, because this whole time you can go back to 2020, looking at my tweets. I've wanted Christian pastors to get involved. I've wanted Muslims to get involved. Um, and the Muslim community stick together and they fight together and they come out in numbers. So my strategy this whole time has just been to create awareness. And I knew that just by creating awareness, as other people learn what's going on, different people will step up to the plate and they'll fulfill their roles. The lawyers, the doctors, the pastors, whoever. So I'm really excited that they're getting involved now because that's only going to grow as well. And if you look back a couple of years, I couldn't get two people to come out on the street with me. Now, wherever I go, I have media wanting to come out with me. There are hundreds of people coming out tomorrow. I can organize an event anytime in Canada now and get hundreds of people and make it national news. So I would ask some of these Muslim leaders to reach out to me and we can organize some events together. We can help to educate their community as well because this goes against people of all faiths and all political stripes. I know we talk about how the left is pushing this, and this does come from the left, but it's not all of the left. It's these radicals who have taken hostage all the traditional leftists who now feel politically homeless. Yeah. Well, listen, I wish you good luck, and we will do our best to continue to cover the story. Um, I think you have a lawyer, don't you? You have legal assistance, is that right? 
I've talked to a few, but I don't know. I don't have a lawyer. I do. I would like a lawyer to come along who would like to help me with various things because I could keep them fully employed. But I don't have time to mess around with legal things. I'm busy creating awareness. All right. Well, as you know, one of the things we do, Chris, is from time to time we crowdfund lawyers to defend other people. I mean, we defend ourselves, obviously. I mentioned that before, but um, we have crowdfunded for the legal defense of other people. And uh, especially if you're exercising your freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion, and if you're uh, abused by the law, if you're arrested for merely having a peaceful protest, if that bridge, if we cross that bridge, and given your tenacity and relentlessness, I think that day will come. Uh, if you need assistance, I hope you reach out because we do have civil liberties lawyers that we've gotten to know over the years, and we have helped other people. For example, Pastor Derek Reimer, who has been jailed several times in Calgary for noisily but non-violently protesting against Drag Queen Story Hour in Calgary, um, Rebel News has crowdfunded a lawyer for him, and he was charged uh, with some serious crimes. Um, so do keep us in mind if you get in the soup. But so far, I think okay. your low-key tone has kept you safe. Last word to you, Chris. Uh, um, you say we're going to win. You say it's just a matter of time. Are things going to get worse before they get better, though? I think the people pushing this are getting more violent, more angry. They know that they're losing the public relations battle. And that's why tomorrow we're probably going to have 500 of them countering me. Uh, it feels a bit like the death throes of a cult. You know, they get more angry and more insistent as they go down. So, yeah, I do think in certain ways this will get worse before it gets better. But it's also getting better all the time because more people every day are learning the truth and they're then able to protect their own kids. So that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, listen, I wish you luck, and I can't help but but think about my worry that you will be not just arrested by the cops, which I think will happen, but I am actually worried that you will be hurt. And I know you don't need me to worry for you. You worry enough for yourself, and you have people who care about you. But I want to I wanna express my concern because I think the other side is not morally bound by the same principles that our side is. And I think the failure of the police to uphold the law evenly puts you and Josh Alexander at risk. And I guess I would just say as an observer that I hope you do take steps to protect your safety. Obviously, a private security guard is not going to help you against the cops. But I am worried that Antifa, someone in a mask, some union thug is going to hurt you. And uh, I just hope I'm wrong on that. But I, I hope you take care of yourself. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Ezra. All right. Have a great day. Chris Elston, otherwise known as Billboard Chris. Stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back. Your letters to me. Brian H. says, hi, Ezra. Thank you for taking a minute to acknowledge the greatest seaborne invasion in history, D-Day, June 6, 1944. I take the time to remind people of this day because it is fading from memory for so many. I, too, constantly wonder what those brave people of the greatest generation would think of the direction not only Canada but most of the Western world is now going shameful. As a former member of the Canadian Armed Forces, 79 to 88, I can honestly say at this point in time I would never don the uniform again. 
Our members in uniform need their country's support, not virtue signaling. Well, what's so interesting is how many people like you, sir, have been drummed out of the military for not getting jabbed, and now the military is not even uh, achieving its recruitment goals. Uh, I suppose that's a neither point that's neither here nor there, but no, you're right. I think, I think we've lost a lot of things, and I don't think we could win the Second World War if it were fought right now. I don't know if we have the moral fiber in the West to do that. Leslie Ross says, Trudeau never misses a pride parade, but has never attended a remembrance parade. Both are important. That's a very interesting point. Socratica says, will Danielle Smith stop the teaching and books designed to educate our children to believe there are more than two sexes and that boys can be girls and girls can be boys? Will parents be allowed to know what is happening to their children in the classroom? Will she stick to reading, writing, arithmetic so that they can be educated and not brainwashed? It's a great question. I, I don't know the answer to that, but um, I do know she considers herself to be libertarian, which would be socially liberal on those things. But I don't think it's about being socially liberal because that's the public square or consenting adults part of things. What about forcing it on parents against their parents' will? That's, that goes to the keeping the secrets of the sexuality clubs. Um, how is it libertarian to impose a particular sexual ethic on children contrary to parents' wishes. That's not libertarian at all. So we'll see. But yeah, that is an issue we'll keep our eye on. Well, that's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. And keep fighting for freedom. <laughs>